Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Give it to me, I'm Streaming live anywhere on the free Odyssey app. Toby Altizer with you leading up to Nationals baseball today with you for three and a half hours. So make sure you hop on. Give us a call. 800-636-1067 on the MGM National Harbor listener lines. Got plenty to talk about today. Want to get into some Nationals baseball. We'll do that leading up to the Nats game. Had some interviews with Adam LaRoche you can hear later. Lane Thomas as well. Want to talk about maybe trading him. Is that really a possibility for the Nationals? We'll talk about that coming up. Also want to talk about Jahan Dotson. He was on a podcast and sounds like he's got a little bit of a chip on his shoulder going into this season. I like it. I like it. I really think that Jahan Dotson could have a spectacular season this year, so we'll talk about that as well. And obviously, we got to talk about the big news from yesterday. A new deal for Kyle Kuzma. Josh Robbins from The Athletic is going to join us coming up in about half an hour to give his thoughts on what this deal means. Also, Monte Morris gets traded. But let's start right there with the Wizards. want to get your thoughts. What do you think about the Kuzma deal? Do you like it? Do you dislike it? Does it not seem like it fits the plan of the rest of the offseason? What, what are you feeling? Toby Altizer with you. You want to tweet at me at Toby underscore Altizer, T-O-B-I underscore A-L-T-I-Z-E-R. You want to... Tweet at me on Twitter. Also, you want to give us a call again, 800-636-1067 on the MGM National Harbor listener line. So, in case you haven't heard, I heard AWOD was talking about it a little bit earlier, so I'm sure you have heard by now. But just to reset, in case you haven't seen it, Kyle Kuzma back with the Wizards on a four-year, $102 million deal. So basically $25, $25.5 million a year. And I don't have an issue with it necessarily. I, I don't think it's a, a big problem. And I thought some people laid it out pretty good. Our own Craig Hoffman over on the Team 980, you can hear him on weekdays. He said, Kuzma back to the Wizards means they don't lose him for nothing, which seemed very, very unlikely a week ago. Short term, they're a fun team that's going to play hard and be very defensively challenged. Long term, no bad contracts. Lots of flexibility and ability to pivot quickly. 
And I think that's where we'll start with this, is I think what it gives the Wizards is flexibility. It's something that they haven't had necessarily in quite some time. The Beal contract, when they signed that, limited flexibility, right? They couldn't just sign anyone. They also couldn't just trade Beal to anyone. They were limited in what they could do. Whereas now, with Kuzma for 25 a year, someone would probably take that on if he's playing relatively good basketball. And I think with Kuzma, he understands I can get a paycheck. Also, I get a more featured role. And maybe if I can play you know, pretty well, I can go somewhere else. And I think that's kind of where it works out here for the Wizards is he's going to be in that more featured role. You, you've seen him play on a championship basketball team before with the Lakers. And so he is a championship piece. Not saying that he's a a number one type player, a number two type player even, but he's a pretty solid basketball player, and he's going to have a featured role here in D.C., him and Jordan Poole, I will say. You know, Craig brought it up saying that they're defensively challenged. They are going to very much struggle to stop any team from scoring. And then on the other end, scoring the basketball, I think they'll score a lot of points, but I think the Wizards are going to lead the league in those what-are-you-doing shot attempts. I think Jordan Poole's going to take his fair share. That's kind of his game. You know, those isolation, back and forth, step back three, contested. You're like, what are you doing, dude? He's going to take a bunch of those. And we've already seen Kuzma. And I think he's kind of calmed that down a little bit. But still, I mean, the Wizards are going to have a lot of possessions where you're just throwing your hands up in the air like, what are we doing? And I don't think it's an unselled thing. Not to say that I'm the biggest fan of Wes Unseld as the head coach, but... I don't necessarily think it's going to be a Wes Unseld problem on the offensive side of the ball. I think it's just the guys you got. I think Kyle Kuzma and Jordan Poole, those are kind of the players they are. They're kind of freelance on the offensive end sometimes, and they're going to take some wild shots. But I think what he gives you is some flexibility. You know, if you would have let him walk for nothing, I think that kind of misses the point of this offseason. And when we were going into this offseason with Tommy Shepard, I think the offseason plan was kind of to stay the same. We've obviously seen that change with Winger, Dawkins, and Schlenk. We've obviously seen Beal move. We've seen Porzingis move. We've seen those things happen. And so it kind of throws you off last night when you see that Beal's coming back to D.C. Or not Beal. Sorry, I keep calling him Beal. I called him that earlier. Kuzma. It kind of throws you off when you see that Kuzma's coming back to D.C. for four years, $102 million. You're kind of like, well, I thought the whole point of this offseason was to tear it all down and start over. And in a way... I don't think that's their plan. I'm interested to ask Josh Robbins about this. I wonder if the front office looks at this as a true rebuild or as a retool. Because usually when you're doing a rebuild, you maybe got a star or two, and then you just trade them both, and you tear everything down to the bare studs and go with draft picks and start over. Think of what Oklahoma City did. They traded for a guy in Shea Gilgis-Alexander, who at the time was a really good basketball player, but he was kind of unproven. So they traded Paul George and essentially started over with some guys with some high upside. Now, the guys that the Wizards have in terms of their unproven guys are a little more proven, right? Kyle Kuzma's, Jordan Poole. I I think we kind of understand what those guys are, and I think they have some potential that maybe hasn't been tapped into yet, and that's what Wizards fans can get excited about, whether it's with this team long-term or getting moved to another basketball team. But I think what this allows you to do is truly have assets and flexibility. You know, we mentioned it. 
with Beal, they didn't have any flexibility. They weren't able to move Beal to wherever they wanted, especially when you throw in the no trade clause. And that's how you end up with a deal like they did for Beal, where if you would have traded him three, four years ago, you could have ended up with a huge haul. And for the record, I didn't I didn't necessarily have an issue with them not trading him, but at the same point, you would have liked to see them maximize the return. So they didn't get a whole lot for him. Obviously, working it out to get Jordan Poole from Golden State because they wanted to keep Draymond Green, and I think one of the reasons that Draymond decided to go back to Golden State was the fact that they had moved on from Jordan Poole. I think that was a deciding factor, probably. So they just said, you know what, whatever it is we can do to get rid of Jordan Poole, we'll do it. So the Wizards get Chris Paul, and they trade him immediately to Golden State and get Jordan Poole back. So I, I think that's where the Wizards are at, though, where they're looking to just have assets. Whether it's draft picks, now they have loads and loads of second-round picks. Whether it's a couple firsts, you've got a couple extras in the, the moves that you've made. Or if it's just keeping guys that were around and adding guys that could be valuable down the road. Think of a Tyus Jones. Think of Jordan Poole. Think of Kuzma. Think of the guys that are already on the roster and Kispert and Avdia. Those sort of guys can get moved for something. Even the guy like last night with Monte Morris, a solid point guard that I don't think can truly be your number one point guard unless you've got some really good players around him. I think he's more so a backup point guard or he can run the show if you've got proven stars around him. Now we've got an opportunity out in Detroit. We'll see what exactly the plan is there. But you have assets, guys that you can move for things. And I think that's what they're looking at this as. They're not looking at it as a rebuild necessarily, a retool. They're kind of just looking at it as get as many assets as possible. Get as many things as possible. Whether they're great assets, good assets, average assets, just having assets, right? Looking at it in that sense, that we kept Kyle Kuzma. It might not have fit along with what everyone else thought our plan was. They thought that we were tearing everything down to the ground and we were going to completely start over, and that meant that Beal, Kuzma, and Porzingis were all going to be gone. That's what I think the entire fan base assumed when we saw the Beal trade and the Porzingis trade. You just assumed that Kuzma would be gone as well. But I think this front office looks at it as a way to just continue to add assets by keeping your own and making sure they don't leave for nothing. And I think with where Kuzma's at, if he signed a deal that was $30 million, $35 million, which I don't know that he would have got, but early reports in the offseason were saying that maybe he could get somewhere around 30, then maybe this is a little more difficult to, to handle, maybe a little more difficult to stomach. I know it's not that big of a difference from 30 to 25, but I think it is a big enough difference that teams would be willing to work with the Wizards to say, you know what, let's see if we can acquire this guy at the deadline. Whether it's this year, maybe it's next year in the offseason, who knows what exactly the plan is. But I think if you can keep the assets you have, I mean, you've got some valuable ones. Jordan Poole's a young guy. Kyle Kuzma's a, still in his 20s, 27, 28. He's not too old. So I think with these guys, you give yourself flexibility. You give your team options. Something that the Wizards haven't necessarily had, and I don't hate the strategy. I don't. I think sometimes you want to tear everything down like it's a 2K franchise and just say trade everyone and we'll restart. But you also have to hit on the draft picks. You also have to make sure that you're getting picks up in the top five. And with the draft lottery in the NBA, it's kind of hard to sell yourself on the fact that, 
let's win 15, 20 games. Let's be the worst team in basketball because you're not guaranteed to get the first pick. Imagine being the team that tanked this year and you didn't get the first pick for Wembenyama. Not to say that Brandon Miller or Scoot Henderson isn't a good consolation prize, but look at even years before where the number one pick year to year is not even close to the same caliber. I think of a couple years ago, the number two pick was Marvin Bagley. The next year, the number two pick was John Morant. And look where Bagley at is at in his career, and look where Morant is if he weren't being foolish off the court in his career. Morant's a true game changer. Bagley, not so much. And so I don't know that this idea that the Wizards should trade everyone, tear everything to the ground, try to be the worst team in basketball, I don't know that that's the wisest thing. If they would have tried to do this before last season, and they're like, let's tear everything down, and you look at it and say, we could end up with Scoot Henderson, we could end up with Victor Wembanyama, maybe. You know, maybe that's the sort of thing you do. But looking ahead to next year, the draft class isn't going to be as great. So I don't have an issue with them saying, let's keep some of these guys. Let's hope that we can maximize it by trading it down the road. And then the other thing that I haven't even mentioned yet in terms of flexibility is cap space. When you have cap space in the NBA, it's a huge asset because other teams don't have it. Lots of other teams don't have it. And teams will give you things just to help with their cap space. They'll give you a player who's on a bad contract, who they don't really want to keep in their town anymore, keep on their basketball team anymore, and they'll say, you know what, take this guy, please, and we'll throw him picks. We've already seen it with the Jordan Poole deal. The Warriors wanted to move on from Jordan Poole so badly that they wanted Chris Paul, and they said, you know what, we'll do the swaps. Also, we'll give you a second-round pick and a first-round pick. Just please take him. Those are the sort of things that Oklahoma City has done over the last couple of years. That's how they have so many picks. They have no issue saying, hey, can you take this no-name reserve, this guy that was good five years ago, reserve that's signed to way big, too big a deal, can you please take him? We'll throw in a pick for it, and they'll say, yeah, absolutely. That's where the Wizards are right now. The opportunity to take these things on, where they can get picks for essentially free just because they have cap space. That's what they've done. They've created flexibility. And I think that's the big thing this offseason is flexibility and making sure that they maintain assets and gain assets. I think that's where they're at. So I don't necessarily have an issue with the Kuzma deal. The other deal yesterday, Morris getting traded to the Pistons for a second-round pick. We'll talk about all that and more. I want to get your phone calls, 800-636-1067. 800-636-1067 on the MGM National Harbor Listener Lines. We also get Josh Robbins' thoughts coming up in about 15 minutes. More Wizards talk comes up next. If you could take my pulse right now, it would feel just like a sledgehammer. Sticking with the Fifth Harmony. I like it. This used to be my chance. Still worth it, guys. I like it. We had some breaking news that I saw in the break, which Twitter's doing this thing where I go to look up tweets on my phone to verify various notifications I get. The rate limit exceeded. No idea what that means. No idea. But breaking news from the 106.7, the fan is presented by BetQL. Smarter bets start with BetQL. Download the BetQL app or visit BetQL.com today. I don't know how shocking this is by what we've seen this offseason, 
But according to multiple reports, including Wojnarowski, Shams Karania, Damian Lillard is requesting a trade from the Portland Trailblazers. Again, I don't know that this is shocking news for anyone because we kind of assumed at some point this was coming. But according to Shams, the Portland Trailblazers have been informed that Damian Lillard wants a trade specifically to the Miami Heat. I think that's a little bit interesting because if you were to put Damian Lillard with Jimmy Butler, I mean, are they the favorites in the Eastern Conference? They found a way last year to get through, even though not being more talented than a Boston team, probably not more talented than Milwaukee. And yet they were the team in the NBA Finals representing the Eastern Conference. So I don't I don't know. I, I think it's an interesting thing. I, I'm interested to see. We'll talk about this more in just a little bit, but pretty interesting. Let's get back to the Wizards, though, before we get to Josh Robbins coming up in about 10 minutes. Want to get to your phone calls. What are your thoughts on the Kuzma deal? Do you think it fits? With what's going on this offseason, do you think it's a little bit off the wall? Again, Toby Altizer with you up until 3.30 today. You want to give us a call, 800-636-1067 on the MGM National Harbor Listener Lines. Let's get out to Mark in Largo. Mark, what's going on? Hey, here's my opinion. I think what they're doing is very smart. And I'm going to tell you why I say it's smart. Um, They, in generally, have a situation in which they have – You've collected assets that you could flip within a year and a half or two years with Jordan Poole, Kyle Kuzma, and Tyus Jones, and maybe you can get some first-round picks. And if you flip all of them at the right time, you can get a rack of first-round picks. That way, I mean, you Washington multiple could be picking three, have three picks in the top ten, which could be possible. And that's the best way to do it. But, again, like you said, you have to hit on it. And you got to go from there. 100%, Mark. Appreciate the phone call. And and that's kind of what I've been alluding to. I think what you're doing here is you're making sure that you get assets. Doesn't necessarily matter which or what they are, right? If it's picks, awesome. If it's players, awesome. But just having assets. I don't know that this offseason would have felt better if they would have traded all these guys, Beal, Porzingis, and then not signed Kuzma, and you just are sitting on a bunch of second-round picks? Does it allow you to have more flexibility uh, with the cap space, not having a $25 million man on your on your book? Sure. Does it allow the young guys to have some more minutes? I've seen people talking about that on Twitter, saying, well, why'd you bring them back? It's going to take minutes away from some of the young guys. I get that. But at the same point, having a guy like Kyle Kuzma that you can move is worth something. Now, it might win you some basketball games, and move you down the draft lottery odds a little bit. But, I mean, how good is this team really going to be next year? Are they a team that's going to be sitting around 500? Are they a team that's going to be fighting for the back end of the play-in tournament? Maybe, but I doubt it. I mean, I don't think they're going to be that good. Like, this is what you're rolling out right now in terms of a starting five. You're rolling out Tyus Jones, Jordan Poole, Denny Avdia, Kyle Kuzma, Daniel Gafford. I mean, it's not bad. I think it'll be entertaining to watch those guys. But it's also not good. Your reserves, Johnny Davis, DeLon Wright, Corey Kispert, Landry Shamit, Xavier Cooks, Bilal Koulibaly, Tristan Vukovic. I mean, how good is this team really going to be, even bringing back Kuzma? Maybe it gives them an extra four to five wins. I don't have an issue with that. 
for a guy that you can flip for a decent pick at some point, or you can flip in a deal that gets you another good player with some upside down the road, no problem with it. No issue. Let's get out to Andy, who is in Sterling. Andy, what's going on? Oh, hey, Coley, how you doing, buddy? Pretty good. What's yeah, up? Yeah, man, I got a question. Uh, I don't know a whole lot about basketball. I don't know anything about the first steps in building a basketball team. Uh, I agree with uh, you had to let Beal go and his uh, salary and his contract. Uh, I realize uh, they had to sell, uh, they had to re-sign Kuzma because otherwise, why the hell would anybody want to go see the team? Now, I got a question. Uh, I realize it was part of a three-way trade with three different teams, but would you have uh, made an effort to re-sign Porzingis? Uh, he added a lot of points per game, but did he not fit the system or what? Yeah, appreciate the phone call, Andy. Yeah, I think with Porzingis, you're looking at a guy that probably is at the top of his value, I would think, right now. And maybe you don't like the return that you got looking at a guy like Tyus Jones. Maybe you don't necessarily love that, thinking you could have got more. I mean, I think the winners in that deal are clearly the Boston Celtics. Getting Porzingis and also some picks because they gave up Marcus Smart, I think they're clearly the winners in it. But you also have to pick and choose. So the situations you were in with the big three from last year, Beal, no trade clause, taking up a lot of cap space, you're not going to get a whole lot for him. So we saw what that deal was. Kuzma was a free agent. So if you don't sign him back, you get absolutely nothing. And it was a similar sort of thing with Porzingis where he had an a player option. Does he opt into the deal? Does he not? And so... The Wizards could have been in a similar situation where they could have gotten nothing for him if they decided not to trade him because chances are Porzingis isn't going to come back to D.C. knowing the direction that they were heading. So they decided to move him. They got as much as they could for him probably knowing that, look, if everything falls through, I just opt out and go sign with the Celtics or whoever I want to sign with anyways. So I have no issue with moving Porzingis. I understand that it's going to look drastically different from last year to this year. If you're just a casual fan that doesn't fully understand what's going on, I get that, that it's going to be like, well, what in the world? We had some fun guys. Now we kind of moved on, and I guess we still got a couple fun guys, but it's it's totally different. I get that from that perspective, but I think this is grown-ups now being in the front office and having a clear plan. And maybe the plan for you as a fan was let's truly rebuild. I don't know that that fits their plan. I don't know that they look at it as a rebuild, a retool, and that's what I'm excited to ask Josh Robbins coming up in just a few minutes. It's like, what do they look at this as? Is it truly a rebuild? Is it a retool? Where where do they look at this? Because you've seen kind of aspects of both. Maybe it's just acquiring assets, keeping assets, and seeing what you can do, like we talked about earlier with the flexibility. Because a, a, a true rebuild... You probably don't bring back Kuzma. You probably don't try to get a guy like Jordan Poole in a deal. You probably just try to get pick after pick after pick, and you end up with the guys like Gallinari, like the Mike Muscalas, the guys that you'll probably end up cutting or will play minimal minutes or veterans that, who who cares, you know, guys that make the salaries work. Those are the kind of guys you usually get in rebuilds, and then you acquire draft picks as well. But you get a guy like a Poole, you get a guy like a Kuzma come back, I think they're maybe looking at this a little bit differently than the fans are. I'm interested to see what Josh Robbins has to say about that. I saw him write an article that wasn't necessarily in love with the Kuzma deal. 
We'll talk with him coming up next here on 106.7 The Fan, also simulcast on the Team 980 and free and live anywhere on the Odyssey app. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back, 106.7 The Fan, also on the Team 980, streaming live and free anywhere on the Odyssey app. Toby Altizer with you up until Nationals Baseball with you for the next three hours till we turn it over to Charlie and Dave for Nats and Phil's Game 2. Man, it'd be nice if they could get a sweep finally. and It'd be really cool if it were in Philly. <laughs> That'd be pretty cool. It's time to get out to the BetQL guest hotline and bring in our guest from The Athletic, Josh Robbins. Josh, what's going on, man? Good to talk to you. Yeah, nothing's going on in the NBA these days. Just dull old, um, just dull old work. Oh, wait, it is free agency. So, yes, a lot well, going on. Unfortunately, our, our phone system is doing the fun thing where uh, <laughs> it sounds like you are holding someone ransom. So we'll try to get that figured out here in just a second. But Talking about the Wiz and talking about this Damian Lillard thing, too. Like, we'll get Josh Robbins here back in just a second. But he's dead on, too, (laughs) with the NBA. It's like you hit this deadline, and then all of a sudden, all the news just flies open. Right? It's one of those things like the NFL free agency opens or trade deadline, all these different things. Here comes all the news. Free agency open for the NBA yesterday. We're going to get into that in just a little bit. Probably top of the next hour, 1 o'clock. I want to go through some of the NBA free agent signings. But also, looking at Damian Lillard possibly getting moved. Lots of things going on where you've got a whirlwind of information going on with the Wiz, with the NBA in general. I mean, looking at some of these things that happened yesterday... I mean, some of them aren't shocking, but I mean, guys are getting 150 million that you wouldn't expect, right? Jeremy Grant in five years, 160. The one move 
And we'll get into this in just a little bit. But Kyrie back to the Mavericks? I don't know if that makes tons of sense to me. It didn't work for him last year. You gave up a ton of stuff, so you probably had to re-sign him. But doesn't that just seem a little odd? I I don't know if that's going to work. Draymond back. Again, we're trying to get Josh Robbins back here in just a second. We'll talk with him about the Wizards, about this new Damian Lillard thing. And I believe we got Josh back here. Let's see if it works better this time. Let's get to... There we go. Hey, Josh, what's going on, man? I think we're better here. I hope so. There we go. So uh, we'll start with this. Going back, we've just learned about this really in the last 30, 45 minutes. What are your thoughts on this Damian Lillard situation? Is he going to end up getting moved now, and where do you see him possibly going? I know he mentioned the Heat. Where do you think he ends up going? I think Miami's a real po- real probability. I see that, that Brooklyn is being mentioned, uh, but – yeah, Miami was hoping for this, this exact scenario. And if you put Damian Lillard alongside Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo, they are in much better. They would be in much, much better shape than if they had acquired Bradley Beal. So we'll see how it transpires, and we'll see if if Miami has enough enticing draft picks for Portland. Uh, but this might be a great day to be a Miami Heat fan. Again, talking with Josh Robbins from The Athletic, and we'll get into the Wizards stuff just in a second, but if he were to end up going there, and assuming they're not giving up anything too crazy in terms of the guys that are already there, would they become the favorites in the Eastern Conference? I would think that they they would be probably second, first or second, uh, depending on how the situation in Milwaukee shakes out with Brooke Lopez. Uh, you'd have to like their chances. And the regular season is one thing you especially have to like their chances come playoff time. Because Damian Lillard is a proven playoff player who lifted Portland almost by himself in tough series. So he'd make them much better in terms of shot creation, in terms of overall offense. And having someone who could be another offensive focal point as a matter of fact be the number one offensive focal point who could also create his own shot and then create shots for the others uh, it would be huge for them well and I think if they could acquire him that was their big issue it seemed like this this postseason when they ran into issues was the fact that either Jimmy had run out of gas at times and they just didn't have a guy that they could turn to but if they were to get Damian Lillard they've already lost guys like Struess and some other valuable role players, how much would that hurt them? Well, you can never have enough depth, and you can never have enough high-quality role players. But one of, the thing my, one of the things that Miami excels in doing is finding those role players and having them play those roles and play those roles well. And you're so right about how that Denver final series played out. As the commentators said on the, on the show – they were depending so much on those role players to create for themselves. And that's a recipe for disaster in a final series. It's one thing to pass a, a, a role player the ball when he's open. It's a whole other thing to expect those role players to generate their own offense. And Lillard, Lillard there would alleviate that problem. He would, to- he, would enhance every, he would enhance everybody else. 100%. 
Let's get back to the team that you actually cover for the Athletic, Josh, that, and that is the Washington Wizards. I saw you put out a piece talking about this Kuzma deal last night in the Athletic. What are your initial thoughts on the Kuzma deal? Mixed. Mixed thoughts. Uh, yes, he's coming in. He's a good, solid starter, and they are going to resign him on a deal that's eminently reasonable for both, both sides and a deal that's eminently tradable. That's all that is true. At the same time, not just me, but even people in the league are wondering what the Wizards are doing here. So much about moving off of Beal, moving off of Porzingis, is about getting off that hamster wheel that the Wizards had been on for years. And I get that Kyle Kuzma is not a first-team All-NBA player, even a second- or third-team All-NBA player, but he does make you better. And right now, should that be their goal? Maybe their goal should be to race to the bottom and try to enhance their lottery odds. And every single win in that win column is not necessarily good for a team that's at the early stages of a rebuild. So I see it from both sides, and I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't bring up both sides. I know some fans are angry that I said that and wrote that, but I have to tell both sides to every story and this has potential negatives to go along with the positives well and I've seen both sides as well on Twitter just mixed reaction I think generally people are pretty happy that he's back but you've seen the couple that bring up good points about a rebuild the question I got for you Josh is when you bring in these guys and winger and schlank and Dawkins it looked like a rebuild when they traded away Beal when they traded away Porzingis and they're just really acquiring picks and assets it looked like a rebuild, but are they looking at it maybe a little bit differently in that it's not a rebuild, so to speak, or it's not even a retool, so to speak, but just trying to get as many assets as possible? Like, what is this front office looking at this team like right now? That's a great question, and we don't know for sure because they haven't discussed it at length. Uh, they haven't. Uh, they didn't do a, a press conference after the Bradley Beal deal became official. Um the Jordan Poole deal is not yet official, so they can't quite dis- discuss that. Uh, so it's not quite clear what they're thinking. I think in, in this case, they were reluctant, with Kuzma's case, they were reluctant to see him sign elsewhere for not, and not receive anyone in return. And they viewed that as a greater negative than winning a few extra games might be. So that, that's my take. No, this is a rebuild. I don't, they're, we could talk about semantics as to what the word is that they use, but there's no question this team is rebuilding and that they're taking now a, a longer-term approach where they're much more worried about where they'll be four years from now than they will be next season. I think that's fair to say. Yeah. Well, and I think looking at their move yesterday as well, moving Monte Morris for a second-round pick, I mean, they're obviously trying to get assets and as many picks as possible, moving on from some guys, especially when you acquire a guy like Tyus Jones, a guy like Monte Morris becomes expendable. What are your thoughts on that deal? I think you said it well. All, this whole notion of assets. Now, it's possible that Detroit in 2027 is still going to be a bad team and that that second-round pick is, is worth something. But... <sighs> Having covered one of these rebuilds before, I would just 
caution everybody to remember that a second-round pick in the NBA isn't akin to a second-round pick in the NFL. And we're so obsessed with the NFL draft, and rightly so. You know, I love the NFL draft. It's just important to remember that the value to a second-round pick in terms of putting a capable player on the floor uh, versus putting a capable NFL player on the field, it, it's night and day. So, yes, those second-round picks can be used to, to grease the wheel for trade. That's true. But I'm a little less enthused about the value of second-round picks than I think um, most fans are. And for good reason. So they basically traded Monte Morris away for nothing. Yeah. <laughs> um, there, are be- there are benefits to it. You do clear a log jam. Um, but could they have played hardball with him and, and waited and a little closer to the deadline and maybe gotten some more back? Maybe. Well, and Josh, talking with Josh Robbins from The Athletic here on 106.7 The Fan, the Team 980. I tend to agree with you on really the entire NBA draft because it can be such really a crapshoot for lack of a better term. I mean, honestly, when you look at it, I brought up the example earlier where you had back-to-back years, the number two pick was Marvin Bagley one year, and then the next year was John Morant. And one of those guys was franchise-altering. The other really phased out with his team. So it it can really be difficult. Is that their plan, though? Do they want to build through the draft? Like, are they going to look to consider moving a guy like a Jordan Poole for more draft picks? Are they going to look to build around him? Same thing with Kuzma and these other guys that are on the team right now. Like, What do you think their plan is? I mean, obviously it's speculation because, like you said, we haven't heard from them, but you have any idea I, what their plan is? I think their plan is to build through the draft and then develop everyone they draft to the best of their capability. And that's one of the things Oklahoma City does so well. Uh, they maxi- they, for the most part, they maximize the talents of the, of the people they draft, and they draft well. So no team hits bets 1,000 on their draft picks, but Oklahoma City does better than most. And I think that's going to be the approach they have. And I think the approach that they have has got to be at this juncture to build through the draft. Uh, this is not right now a franchise that's going to – bring in people via free agency. It's just not, you have to win first or you have to have a cornerstone level player or preferably two before you can draw in high level difference making players in free agency. It's just as great of a market as Washington is, the basketball team just isn't there yet. Uh, So building through the draft and then developing those players is key and it would have been helpful if they could have gotten a haul for Beal and Porzingis similar to the haul that Brooklyn got for Garnett and Pierce many years ago Uh, but given both of those guys existing contracts i.e. the no trade clause they're not operating with that benefit so for them I think the best way to go is to do it through the draft And if it means ultimately trading Kuzma and or Poole in order to get more bites at the apple in the draft, uh, that is, I think, the the conventional way to go for a team in their position. Well, and you look at the draft, and they just drafted a guy in Bilal Koulibaly who 
for lots of accounts has maybe the highest boomer bust potential. Is that the kind of thing that they're going to look for in the draft? Maybe guys with really high ceilings, but possibly a low floor and hope that they can develop guys. Is is that going to be their draft strategy as well? Well, based on that one pick, it seems like it is. I th- and that I agree with a hundred percent. What's the what's the use of drafting? Yes, they traded up basically from eight to seven. But um, you know, what's the use of, of drafting someone whose ceiling is a a as a decent starter? Uh, they shouldn't be looking to try to do that at this juncture. They should be looking to to draft people who can become all-star caliber players. I think that's clearly what they attempted to do in that case. And I think they made the right call there considering who else was available. And um, yeah, that's basically they did the opposite from what the wizards have done in prior recent drafts. Uh, Look at the difference between Bilal Koulibaly and Johnny Davis or Corey Kispert. Both Kispert and Davis, Kispert especially, might develop into high-level rotation players, but you need more. As ruthless as that sounds, you need more. You need cornerstone-level players. And they see, and they, they wouldn't quite phrase it this way because they wouldn't want to put that amount of pressure on Koulibaly, but they see him as a high-ceiling person who, if developed properly, can be a cornerstone level player. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree with you there because they've been drafting guys in that 10 to 15 range for how many years now? And the problem is they're solid players. Look at Rui, you look at Avdia, you look at Kispert, Johnny Davis, like you said, they're all solid players. And I think Johnny Davis is going to show more and more of what he can do this coming season, but they're not guys that are difference makers. They're more so role players. And so I like the philosophy that they're, they're going with this last question here for you. Talking with Josh Robbins from the athletic. I think a lot of people got worried. The, the people that are on the side that this doesn't fit with the, the rebuild model talking about signing Kuzma. How good is this team next year? I mean, you, you mentioned it. They're better with Kuzma, no doubt, but this team's still not fighting for a playing spot. Are they? No, I don't think so at all. I think uh, they might be a 22 to 25 win team, which Again, we'll get them toward the top of the lottery. My whole thing is there's a gargantuan difference between uh, Scotty Barnes and and Jalen Suggs, the guys who were drafted fourth and fifth. Uh, There's a huge difference uh, between LaMelo Ball and Patrick Williams, guys who were drafted third and fourth, um, respectively. So every single win counts in the lottery because it means that the better your record is, the more wins you get, the more likely you are to draft further back in the draft. And one, one spot could be the difference between drafting a cornerstone-level player and someone who might simply be a, a good starter. There's a huge difference in the, in the league between those kinds of players. And that's, that's where I'm coming from on the, on the Kuzma resigning. I'm saying that a team needs to be even more ruthless with its win total and trying to suppress that win total in the early stages of a rebuild. Josh, appreciate the time, and thanks for uh, giving us some great Wizards content and sticking through despite the phone issues. (laughs) Thank you. My pleasure to be here. 
And there you heard from Josh Robbins of The Athletic. Give him a follow on Twitter at Joshua B. Robbins. He joined us on the BetQL guest hotline. Sports betting has come to Maryland. Don't place that first bet without checking with BetQL. BetQL analyzes every game to find you the most profitable betting opportunities. Get three free days of BetQL access by downloading the BetQL app or visiting BetQL.com. Going to continue talking about the association next year on 106.7 The Fan, the Team 980, and live and free anywhere on the Odyssey app. Welcome back, 106.7 The Fan, the Team 980, the Odyssey app. Toby Altizer with you up until 3.30, taking you up until Nationals baseball, talking about the Wizards. 800-636-1067 if you want to hop in on the MGM National Harbor listener lines. Next hour, we're going to talk about some of the NBA free agent moves and react to some of those. Until then, get to some of your phone calls. Let's get out to Al, who's in Falls Church. Al, what's going on? You there, Al? All right, well, we don't have Al. So just wrapping up this discussion here, talking about Kuzma, talking about the Wizards. I I think that Josh Robbins brought up a great point. Getting lots of second-round picks doesn't do a whole lot for me. I know that maybe they can flip a lot of these picks together and move up somewhere, maybe get a later first-round pick or something of the sort. But they're clearly trying to rebuild. But I think they're doing it in a different way than we're maybe used to. I think the way that we are used to as fans seeing a rebuild, whether it's in the NBA, whether it's in another sport, specifically the NBA, though, is you tear it all the way to the ground, bare bones, and then you start over. And I don't think they're going to go about it this way. They're keeping some assets that they can move, Kuzma, Poole, some of the young guys, and they're going to try some new things. And I think the other important part from that with Josh Robbins was their draft strategy is going to be drastically different than what the Wizards have done over the last couple of years. They're no longer going to take the college guy that is proven but isn't necessarily going to have the highest ceiling. They're going to take the guys with high upside. They're going to take the guys that have superstar potential. Now, they might not be anywhere close to it, but they could reach it down the road. Think of guys like Giannis Antetokounmpo, Nikola Jokic. They're looking for those kind of guys. The guys that, when they get drafted, everyone's like, who? The guys that, five years later, you're talking about an MVP discussion. Johnny Davis, was there any thought that last year when he was taken that he could maybe be an MVP candidate down the road? Probably not. Same thing with Corey Kispert, Avdia. Avdia maybe fits in this mold more than the others with guys like Rui Hachimura. Maybe Avdia... It's someone that they thought could do this sort of thing. But outside of that, for the most part, it's just been drafting guys that are going to be solid role players. And that's nice. And that maybe fit what their plan was at the time, having a guy in Bradley Beal who they considered a superstar and probably was pretty close or was at one point, but didn't last for very long. So I, I think that there's going to be a drastic change in their draft strategy. And to be honest with you, I saw people kind of freaking out about it on Twitter and different things. But 
if you're going to trust this front office to tear everything down and feel like everything was good when they did the Beal trade and the Porzingis trade, then you got to trust them too in the draft process. You've got guys that are well respected around the league in this front office now. I think you got to have a little faith that they can figure these things out. I think you got to have a little trust that these guys know what they're doing and they're going to make the right calls come draft night. And so guys like Bilu Kulabali, when they get drafted here in D.C., you're going to have questions, and understandably so, because you probably never heard of the guy. You never watched the guy. You're going to have questions, but I think this front office deserves a little bit of some leniency, specifically with the draft. I think generally they fans have approved of what they've done overall, but trust them when it comes to this draft. I think they're going to try a clear strategy of drafting high-ceiling guys that could possibly fizzle out. Maybe you haven't heard of them, but they're going to take chances, and I like that. Continue talking a little bit of Wizards. Also want to get into free agency as it opened up yesterday. Thoughts on various moves. We'll do all that next here. 106.7 The Fan, the Team 980, and live and free anywhere on the Odyssey app. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop, And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.